Welcome to the 34th episode of the Cranky Flyer interview. You might remember back in late 2022 when Southwest Chief Commercial Officer Andrew Watterson took over the role of Chief Operating Officer. When he did that, he did something odd. He took the network planning group with him. At most airlines, network planning falls into the commercial group, but Southwest was convinced that this would be beneficial. In this episode, I sit down with Adam DeCare, the senior vice president who straddles network and ops, to talk more about the idea. Let's get into it. I am here with Adam DeCare, uh, who, man, I don't even know what your title is right now, because <laughs> you, why don't you tell everyone what your title is? Senior vice president of network planning and ops control. Okay. And what we're going to talk about today is this idea of having operations and network married, which I was just asking you about this before. I don't know that that's ever been done before. It may have been. Uh, someone who's listening to this may know better and can tell us. But um, but it's certainly not the norm to put these two pieces together. And you come from the network side immediately before this, right? So you were given the operation uh, when uh, Andrew moved over and kept network with him um, as COO, which also is is a, a different way of looking at it. And so what I really want to start with is why? <laughs> why are you doing this? Well, I'm just a, a, a masochist, I think. I just like the pain. But um, no, I would tell you that uh, it really starts with uh, Andrew's vision. Uh, and Andrew had a vision of being able to have a tighter feedback loop between operations and uh, basically commercial, uh, which was network planning. Uh, and it's really the heartbeat of each of the organizations. So, you know, network planning drives a lot of what the commercial is going to be able to do or not do with the schedule and the creation of the schedule. Uh, it's also drives a lot of what operations is going to be able to do uh, with the schedule. Again, they're going to execute against that. And having a feedback loop between the NOC, which is the heartbeat of that and the in the heartbeat of, of the commercial of, of, of network planning and putting those two uh, groups together, it's about being able to drive that forward and be aligned across the whole organization. Uh, and so that's what he kind of saw. And, and as we learned things, instead of it, you know, going through the organization, one to the chief operating officer, and then the other one up to the chief commercial officer and trying to get them to align on the details of the network, it was easier to just kind of do that at the network level. So you talk about the feedback loop. Was there no feedback loop before? I mean, there had to be something, right? Yeah, I think what people miss, uh, you know, if you look at other airlines and people don't necessarily really recognize this at, at Southwest Airlines, we're very unique in the fact that we create a brand new schedule every kind of base period. It's clean sheet. Uh, so, you know, so your schedule doesn't look like the schedule did a month ago. And so there isn't this, uh, you know, repetitive thing where you can find where the challenge is and go and, and, and solve it because the schedule's changed by the time that you really see the pattern or it's getting ready to change. And so you have to create these processes to go uh, much faster so that you can have the advantages of being able to do a clean cheat schedule like we do uh, and uh, be able to, again, operate it reliably. So we had feedback loops for sure. Um, but it wasn't at the speed it needed to be 
in order to kind of keep up with our, our evolution uh, with the way that we create the schedules today. Interesting. So what ended up happening then was they said, hey, Andrew, you want to be COO? And he said, well, yes, if I can take this with me. <laughs> well, yeah, I wasn't in the room with that whenever <laughs> they asked him that. So I don't know. But I was basically said, hey, we're going to you're going with Andrew over to the operational side and you're still going to maintain network planning. But it was a couple months later that we actually had the conversation about putting network planning and, and network ops control together under one uh, leader for him. Yeah, so that so that's another point of this. So when you first heard that this was happening, you were still just over network. You didn't know you were going to get the operation. That's correct. It happened. Uh, I knew it was going to happen uh, probably early December, early to mid December of 2022. Uh, um, and so I and then knew that we were going to come back from the Christmas break, uh, and that they, they were going to make the announcement in January that that we were going to put those two teams together. Um, and of course, then, you know, everything happened uh, that happened there uh, with the disruption and and basically it was already in motion before that happened. Right. Of, of course, that was that schedule was built. The operation was already set for what it was, I guess, before any of this changed. Right. Because Andrew, he moved into that role. Was it November or something? Yeah, I think like he that. moved in October. October. Uh, if that, if I, I don't remember the exact date, but uh, we, he, he, like I said, he informed me that we were going to make these changes in, de, uh, in December, uh, and then we came back around uh, in January, and, and, and the changes were made. But you know, we had had that, we had our December disruption with Elliot in between there, so so there was a misconception that that was a result of that, but it was already in the works prior to the disruption happening. Right, and I assume still from that you could probably learn a fair bit though of of. A- you know, having network and ops together, right? Um, I mean, that was sort of, um, I don't want to say a gift. I don't know many people would would call that a gift, but in a sense, it's something that you could really lay bare the benefits of having more coordination. Yeah, it, we definitely were, you know, uh, involved. Network planning was definitely involved to help um, get the airline passed through the disruption, which you wouldn't typically see in normal uh, airline operations probably, but we were able to go out there and um, piece together the schedule that the three days that we operated at a reduced rate, if you recall, uh, to uh, Wednesday, Thursday, and then Friday, I believe. It all feels like a blur, but those days were, those schedules were created by network planning a reduction, a reduced schedule because they could balance into each other and then that's how we were able to stabilize. And then uh, on the, you know, Chris or New Year's Eve, we were able to go from that 15, 1600 flights to 4,000 flights overnight. Now, talk to me about how the operational side is divvied up. You're over ops control, but, you know, what exactly does that mean and entail? And then compare that to, you know, what other parts of the operation are in their own areas. Yeah, so I partner with our uh, executive vice president of operations and Justin Jones uh, to work with his teams uh, to make sure, you know, my organization is network ops control or network ops control. So at the NOC, so it's the daily operations center. Uh, And then I got another function called network operations planning uh, that is focused on getting us uh, and that's a new kind of uh, a group getting us making sure that we're talking about things a couple months in advance, making sure that we're all on the same page and getting uh, all the operators to work uh, closer together to make sure we're, we're well prepared. And if we see 
challenges and we still have time to to make adjustments to the to either the schedule or whatever it is that we want to be able to do um so they're typically the ne- you know like the next season out so they're getting ready to already think about summer even though we're still in the middle of winter and that didn't exist before you're saying i think it existed but it, it's hard you know if you're if your full-time job is in operations uh it is hard to not get pulled into what's happening right now or what's happening tomorrow uh, you know it, the, the the operation uh, in our uh in, in our, the, for the industry, it's just gotten more complex. Uh, things coming out of the out of the pandemic, you know, you 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 have so much connectivity with with, with what's happening in uh, ATC, uh, what's going on with current challenges there, or, or, or weather, uh, you know, and just the way that the weather has has hit us for some reason, it's just very odd pattern these last couple of years. It's it just it, it's been very challenging as as all of the you know everybody understands supply chain issues. But not everybody understands labor kind of issues that could happen. So if you're, you know, if you have a vendor that fuels you somewhere and the those fuelers don't show up for whatever reason, that that, that hurts you as you try to, to make your operation go go forward. So it's not necessarily a reflection of your staffing that you can control. It's also how you're dependent on all these other pieces. Part of the pandemic, these things were never uh, really an issue. Mm. Uh, and so the world's just a much more complex place. With this this planning group you have, then are they sort of isolated from the day to day? Like, do you, have you told them don't talk to those people? I mean, how does yeah. that... it's not, it's not quite you know don't talk, but but yeah. So so the NOC is going to focus on today's operation, uh, and so we've got uh, excellent uh, uh, leaderships there. Uh, there, we've made some uh, uh, some adjustments to the way that we're structured in order to allow that. The NOC used to have the, uh, some of this kind of people that would think out in, in advance, but it's hard again, not to pull them in to the day of operations when something's, something's happening. And so we've just segmented that out. And then we've got an officer over each one of those pieces. So that way the officer can kind of stay out and control, you know, not control, but, you know, help guide their leaders to uh, make sure that they stick on their priorities. So it's, it's just playing our positions uh, more effectively. Um, I, again, they probably have p- pieces of that in place. But this is just, you know, coming out and just trying to learn how we, um, how we, you know, continue to learn how we want to uh, go forward into the future with this kind of vision of of how do we get these things, you know, coming back from the operation into how we want to design and and then how we design something, executing it against in in the operation. When did this structure get put into place fully? How, how long has it been up and running this way? So I moved over uh, in January of. 2023. Uh, uh, and then we probably um, uh, put this structure in place in August or September of 2023. So it's only been here for a few months. Yeah, you, you haven't had a ton, I guess, to, to kind of learn from yet. Although, I mean, you've had a, maybe a few incidents and Chicago issues at Midway over the holidays, stuff like that. You know, what what have you seen as the result of this change? What what can you share? I think that that what we've seen is is you've seen our performance uh, this winter has been better than the winter before. You see a uh, um, It'd be hard not to be. Let's be fair. Yeah. Well, <laughs> take credit where credit's due, Brett. Uh, <laughs> right. No, we'll celebrate the victory. Um, but yeah, so we're really focused in on making sure that that we are able to um, have the right um, 
kind of focus points uh, there. Uh, again, we took our learnings from the uh, disruption and we were able to put staffing in place. We were able to put new process and procedures in place. The teams went out and they were able to do, we did tabletop exercises to make sure that we were thinking through uh, any potential winter disruptions. And we were doing that in, uh, in August of last year, even before this new structure was in place, we still had people that were doing these new, new, new ideas and thoughts and, and continue to push on these, on these different things. Uh, and so we, we felt very comfortable when we counted into winter that we knew we were gonna be in a better uh, spot. Winter storm Bryson, I believe hit us in October uh and so that kind of came into denver it was kind of our first test of of winter's uh winter season uh and it was early you know so it was like a, i felt like a pre-game for you know uh uh pre-season kind of uh game kind of kind of coming up there and we felt very comfortable with how that worked uh and you know and comparing ourselves uh to industry there and we felt that we were confident going into the winter season that we were already in a better place uh with just that kind of initial uh uh thing again we're going to learn uh, and you're going to always consistently apply whatever learnings you have to make yourselves better. And there's plenty of opportunities to continue to improve. Um, but we know we're we're uh, much more um, uh, of a disciplined organization. Uh, so we're, we're we're in a good spot. I have to ask about the like the HR uh, piece of this here because. As someone who used to work in revenue management, I know how network planning feels about their skills and abilities. <laughs> and, you know, I'm sure the operation has their own feelings about that, too. So when you have these two groups coming together, was there hesitancy on the in the front line of these groups? Or are these people that that, you know, said, oh, this is great. Let's do this. Yeah, I think I think it'd be um, it'd be fair to say that there's hesitancy when it, it comes from anything. It's not just a commercial ops. It's just a you know, it's in you. I've done this for a long time, and and you're coming in with potentially new ideas. And you, are, are you valuing what what experience I can bring to the table? So, you know, I originally I started. Uh, I don't know if you knew this, but I actually started in operations. Uh, I, I was there for five years before coming in in network planning. So I started on the ramp uh, in, in Ohio. Uh, so so I had some experience working at the station, uh, and then I've done the network planning since about 2001. Uh, so it's a long time ago and the world's changed a lot since uh, back then, but it still had the basic principles of, of how difficult the, the operational positions can be. Uh, and I have nothing but respect for the people that have, have been doing this job. I mean, operations is a 24 uh, seven, something can happen. You're getting a phone call, uh, technology, whatever, and you're getting a call and you're constantly always on. Uh, and so I think if you come in with that kind of mindset, that says, hey, listen, the, the, the people that have been in this position in the operation, they have a lot to offer and I wanna listen and hear. There's some things coming from the commercial and we wanna offer you. Just try to create an environment where people feel safe to kind of say what they're thinking and say what the other groups are doing. And then they start to hear about it. And so what we had is we, we had people kind of go and, and live the life. Uh, so I had somebody from the NOC kind of live the life of a network, op, you know, network planner and then I had network planners going over to the, to the NOC and kind of live the life there. And they started to realize wh where the other other teams were coming from. So again, big steps. Uh, it feels like big steps. Uh, uh, we still have a lot of steps to take, but there's a lot of mutual respect between those organizations uh, just because we were putting them together and, and, and we just kind of forced it uh, upon them to, to really understand what the other, other people are, are trying to live. Mm. I would think one of the things that I'm a 
big fan of in general is a healthy tension. Uh, you know, you can see this in a lot of areas. The one that I always saw was between revenue management and sales, right? On opposite sides of the coin, and then it's up to management to fall somewhere in the middle. Uh, do you lose some of that tension by having the structure this way that maybe existed before? Uh, or do you lose more of the bad tension, the, the problematic stuff, and, and you gain with this? Trust me, Brett, there's, there's always going to be tension between commercial and, and operations. That's not that's never going to go away. So even in this structure, I, I, I promise you that I, that I still can still have an appropriate level of tension. Uh, you know, you know, the, the one thing that that we absolutely don't compromise on, as you would expect, is safety. Uh, so safety has its element. And then we we know that once we we know we can operate safely, we have uh, a tension between, you know, how do we design a schedule that can go out and be, you know, sold. But network planning's always felt that because I want to be able to sell my schedule to customers and make sure that I'm making it as efficient as possible. But if it's not reliable, like how often would you go to even pick a restaurant? How often are you going to go to a restaurant where you 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 made a reservation for eight o'clock and they put you off till midnight? Like you're, you're, you're going to do that maybe once and you're never going to do it again. You wouldn't even stick around the midnight. You'd go to another restaurant. So like it doesn't matter what what people think about in terms of how do you balance these things out the the reality is is you need a reliable product that customers can believe in uh otherwise it won't sell uh and so we've always had that tension even inside of network planning as a as a separate entity and it just kind of permeates as we we develop all of the network uh pieces now to, today do you have any example like specific examples you can point to things that have changed benefits that you've gotten by having these two groups together I, I know you know conceptually i think it's it's easy for people to understand why just from talking about it but to actually get a sense of what really the benefit can be i think would be really helpful yeah so we have a, you know i can tell you uh something that we we do and everybody all airlines have some spares that they put into their system and as you can imagine, there, there's a debate like, should I, should I schedule? Uh, a, just maybe it's an, a late originator, and, I, and I, maybe I'll put the flight out at, you know, start the uh, the plane at two o'clock in the afternoon, uh, and it becomes like a, a virtual spare, you know. So I, it, it, there's something near the long, you know, and, and time like that. Or do I just make the whole spare there, uh, and so that you have a whole aircraft that's not scheduled, and I can move it around. Well, as you can imagine, the NOC sometimes I like the flexibility. Of, of having a whole spare, or sometimes I like the idea that says, you know, some people that might like the idea of saying, hey, if that plane is supposed to be there at two o'clock, it'll naturally find its way there. So I always have a, a half day spare in, let's say, you know, one of our maintenance cities or one of our, our cities that they would want that in. And so there's always this kind of debate, should we have hard spares, virtual spares? How many spares should we have? Uh, and it would always be this debate between commercial and operations about how to, how to do that. Well, you know, early last year, we were able to sit there and go, hey, <laughs> this is how we're going to run the spare program. And there's no debate on it because we can just go make that that choice. Uh, and then we're going to try it. And if we we like it and it works this way, then, then great. If not, we'll change it uh, and we'll just keep moving. It was no longer a distraction between our chief uh, operating officer and our chief commercial officer because it, it's irrelevant to where they thought this. I mean, how would you ask them to where to put the spares anyway? So. That was one thing that we were able to do very quickly is, is just to mitigate some of these kind of side items. And we were able to just kind of decide where we're going to have our spares. And, and that was where it was going to be. I'm just curious, how did that land, uh, you know, in, in the 
in the new version when you were when you just made the decisions like do you have more hard spares more virtual spare like just roughly you know where where did that end out yeah i think we went uh we were probably all um hard spares before so we were 100 hard spare before and that was the only way that we we did it we probably went to uh 60 40 where we're probably 60 percent hard spare and 40 percent soft but it's the same amount of time uh, but the time is now scheduled in, in very uh, specific locations where you have a high uh, expectation that you're going to use this spare. Uh, and so, you know, so we were able to, to kind of make those adjustments. Uh, they they kind of came in fully uh, January of this year because, you know, even with network plan, we're, we're going to be out nine months, 10 months in advance. So even if you make a change today, you're not probably going to see it till later this year uh, um, in the schedule. And so, you know, so we're looking at those types of things. That's just one of the top things. There's a lot of things that we're we're doing, but that's one that I feel comfortable sharing uh, yeah. with you. Okay. Yeah. That, I mean that that is, I, I can see how that would would work better, um, where you have two sides of the same coin coming to the decision as opposed to two opposing sides, maybe um, that have very set beliefs in how things should go. As you can imagine, the airlines, you know, especially Southwest, we've got people that have that, that have a long tenure here. Uh, because, you know, it's a great place to work and we, and we take care of our, our employees and, and they love being at Southwest Airlines. So people have been here for, you know, I, I've been here, what, gosh, 96. So what, what is that? 20, 20, almost 20 years. Almost year. a 30 year. <laughs> yeah, almost 30. And I still feel like, a, you know, like I'm just middle of the, of the pack of the people that have been here. There are people who have been here a long time. Uh, and so, um, and so it's just, you know, you, you still, you have that and they've just been doing it a certain way. And this is just kind of making them kind of get out of that, that comfort zone and, and making them think of how to change the world's changed. We have to change with it. So, you know, we're absolutely going to do that and, and we're going to be able to do it much faster this way. Have there, is there anything you can point to sort of the other way that, um, you know, impacts from the operation that's changed the way that you've done the network design, or maybe it's just scheduling or something, but is there anything you can point to on that? Yeah, I think there's things that we can think about with the way we have um, our ability to route airplanes that have, you know, that, that have overwater capabilities that aren't being necessarily used for ETOPS. Hmm. You know, so we have over 100 ETOPS aircraft. We don't necessarily need all of those to fly ETOPS on every single day, but there's some benefits to being able to fly those out over the Gulf. Because uh, they have the rafts, or or flying, uh, or, you know, over on the east coast between Florida uh, and you know the northeast and stuff like that. When there's like a, a Jacksonville, uh, you know, um, airspace congestion and stuff like that, air center congestion, uh, and so we we've got uh, abilities to be able to route those things in the in the in the operation to say, hey, can we go get this uh, done? We can do these different types of things, and we can got kind of give ourselves flexibility. And so I, you see those inputs coming in. We got some uh, teams that we're getting ready to form up. Uh, we call them, you know, some like, I don't have a better term for it, but, but we call them like, like lightning teams uh, that are working on very specific issues that are coming uh, on, on problems that are coming directly out of the operation and getting ourselves focused in on uh, the ability to solve problems, typically smaller problems. We're not, we're not trying to solve large problems, but smaller problems that can, again, we, we can small this problem, that problem, get rid of four or five of these problems and then they, they manifest uh, more of your attention on the big problems and, and let your you, you put your management attention on those problems for some of these small ones that that get noisy but they're not uh, as maybe impactful and so we're going to be able to drive some of that out of the, the design 
features or in stuff like that. So just the way that we utilize that is maybe an example how the operations come back and, and change things uh, in the design. Is there anything you can point to that you would say is not good about this change? Has it done anything to the relationship between network and other parts of the commercial organization? Or is there anything here that you think that has been a trade-off or is it all positive? I think that, you know, that right now I would say year one has been a big trade-off between my work-life balance. So that hasn't been necessarily, I've been busy, uh, Brett. So yeah. it's, been a, it's, been a, it's been a hard, you know, rough year. So I think my wife would probably have more comments about that than, than maybe I would. But between <laughs> I was, commercial... I was thinking on the airline side. <laughs> oh, I, I, airline we should side, get yeah. your wife on here, though. That would be entertaining. <laughs> yeah, uh, she'll, she'll call in if it was a call-in show. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, no. So uh, between the commercial... You know, it's just a matter of how you uh, have your uh, people positioned. So network planning is still going to go to the commercial meetings that, you know, as you can imagine, we have a, a Monday, we're going to have commercial staff meetings, we're going to have operational staff meetings. Network planning is going to the commercial staff meetings. Uh, I will sit in with the chief commercial officer and Ryan Green. I'll sit in with him and his staff. I'll also sit with the um, executive vice president of operations, uh, Justin Jones, and his staff. And so I'm trying to, to keep you know an ear on both of, uh, of what's going on there. Uh, in some ways, it, it's helpful, uh, but it's a lot, uh, and it's just a, it's a good help to re to keep uh, everybody together and going the same direction. And so, um, so I think it's been beneficial. I've I've learned a, t a ton, as you can imagine. It, it's a lot of things to learn, uh, but I, but I've got really great vice presidents that work for me. Uh, they do a great job. I have a lot of trust in them. I've worked with them for a long time. I've known them uh, for a long time, so I, I really feel confident in their abilities, uh, and I'm fortunate to have their team. And then team underneath them is really good too. Uh, and so it's just keeping everybody focused on their position uh, and keeping everybody again headed off to the same uh, objective. So uh, I'm sure that it, that you know it, it it'll go back and forth a little bit, but I, I don't, I haven't felt it yet, but we'll see. You know, and, and as we go, we're gonna we'll learn and we'll adjust. And maybe it's already because there's that legacy connection between network and the rest of the commercial groups that it's easier to maintain that as opposed to the operation, which has always been separated. And so it's harder to develop those. Yeah, and it could be that, that the case you have, like I said, the directors, they meet with each other on the commercial side. They still sit next to each other in the commercial building kind of area. So it's not like we move them around to... To, to, to force the connection between the NOC and network planning. We do other things to get them to start having, you know, communications and, and make sure that they're, they're talking at a higher level uh, and, and down into the weeds sometimes of, of, of more than maybe they were before. All right. Well, this seems like a good place to, to end it then. So thank you, Adam. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, thank you for your time, Brett. So far, so good or so it seems. I wonder if other airlines might like what they see as well, but I'll be surprised if that actually happens. Inertia is a powerful thing. That's all for this episode. Until next time.